Are we live? We're live? We're live. Guess who's back? Back again. Shady's back. Back again. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the next line? No, it's tell a friend. Oh, shit. <laughs> <Damn> it. <laughs> Hey Miley, we need some intro music. (laughs) I like it, I like it, I like it. Women, get it. Okay, let's go down that road. I didn't see that coming. (laughs) There's a surprise at every turn. Woman, get it. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Woman Get In Podcast. I am Miley. And I am Mandy. And we are ecstatic and giddy. Ooh. That's my word <laughs> this week. Giddy. You are a little giddy. I am a little giddy and I'm... You're like a little schoolgirl. I am. Which is actually a funny word that someone said to me the oh. other day. Are we like teenagers right now? <laughs> and I was like, I don't think teenagers do what we just did. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough of my story. So tell me about <laughs> no. how your weekend has tell been. Tell me about this story, <laughs> you teenager, you. It was just, we were eating ice cream. That's all. Uh. Like teenagers do. Oh. Yeah. Like teenagers do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Uh. I will say that what I know about Tamale Guy. <laughs> Are we going with yeah. that? Mm-hmm. I'm so resistant that to I, it. Uh, I, that I do like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. However, I still need to hang out with him a little bit more. Yeah, you mm-hmm. haven't had much no. exposure, but the, I mean, it's only been a few weeks, so yeah. it's understandable. Any new updates you'd like to share about Tamale Guy? Oh my God, I feel like I feel like I had some, and now they've all escaped my brain. Oh, okay. Um, um, I met one of his friends. Okay, so we went out for drinks, and one of his friends met up with us, and that was a good time. His friend was fun. We had some Michigan shit in common, and we chatted a lot, and. Um, hung out with him for a few hours. It was fun. And then, um, God, I feel like there's more and I'm fucking failing right now. <laughs> he got me a really cute gift. He did. I really would like you to share. I know. I don't want to share because it's okay. mine and it's It cute. is yours. Yeah. But let me just tell everyone that it is super, super thoughtful and super cute. And I don't think it's my place to be giddy. But if I was Mandy, I would be giddy because of it. You were pretty giggly. I was, I was. <laughs> because it was super cute. And just it shows that he listens and pays attention and also has like a little funny side to him, mm-hmm. you know, because he's like he's teasing you, but he also thinks it's adorable. And yeah. so um, points to uh, Tamale Guy. Yeah. Miley gave you a thumbs up. You can't see it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. I, I speak with my hands a lot. Yeah. She, which... gave, she gave him the thumbs up. That's nice. <laughs> That's good. I love it. Yes. Uh, anything else you'd like to share about? Um, I don't know. I really swear. Oh, so I did go to this women's expo this weekend. Did I okay. tell you about this? You were no, you were but you were going to talk about it. But I, I, I had one other thing that I wanted to share about Tamale Guy. Oh, but it has it, it has to do with uh, the episode that we talked about and how I had someone make dinner for me. Oh, yes, you're right. So. <laughs> he cooked for me uh-huh mandy and i always chit chat before we yeah. record we like catch up and break everything yeah. down and just find out where we're at mm-hmm. with each other and in each other's lives sort of and... balance the energy from because yes. we're both coming from separate places when yeah. we meet up to record so we meet up we kind of balance our energies out and get a few things out of the way before we record and yes i mentioned that 
I can't. I don't even want to call him that. I'm so resistant to that name. Like it was really oh, funny. Don't but call him Tamale guy. I haven't. Okay. I can't wrap my head around we it right now. We can call him something else. I'll figure something out. But so you it, figure something out, but don't let him figure something out. <laughs> he gets no say in the matter. No, no, sir. So he cooked for me, and I thought I thought we were going to be cooking together. Mm-hmm. And I got there to his place, and he was just like, "Have a seat. Here's some wine. I'm gonna cook." So that was that and yeah. then and then i look at her and i'm like oh kind of like kind of like oh. your last the what you described in our last episode and i was like you know honestly until i was sitting here telling you the story i hadn't put together that that might have been an influence on it him could, or it could not have been it may either not, way yeah. For me, I think it's very thoughtful. Yes. It may not have been an influence. I no. didn't recognize yeah. it at the time. So it was just sit down. Like I brought wine. He was like, have a seat. Here's some wine. And then yeah. he just, like we just chatted while he cooked. And yeah, I was trying to get secret pictures of him while he was cooking, but oh. it was really hard. At one point I got up and moved around to the other side of the <laughs> kitchen table. Oh my gosh. She goes, are you moving so you can get a better angle? I was like, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> No comment. I know. Uh, Okay. Well, I just shout out to whatever your (laughs) name is um, that you, I appreciate the way that you treat Mandy. So thank you. Me too. Thank you. But yeah, it was cute. It was a fun couple of days. I'm glad. Since we recorded last. Yes. I went to the women's expo. Um, Yeah. Tell me more about that. So randomly. So Shireen had sent me this women's expo in a text she's like are you interested i'm like let me see if i can clear my cake schedule for the day and i did like i just moved everybody the day before which not a big deal and she and i i picked her up and we went downtown and she's like a friend's meeting me and then she's like my friend is getting like 10 minutes away i'm like okay cool she goes my friend's casey casey's my friend i'm like (laughs) oh casey's in town like I'm like, my friend Casey, like our friend, like the we, we both know this Casey. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'm like, oh, OK. I didn't even know she was here. But knowing that her sister-in-law was getting married, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I just I didn't know her sister-in-law was getting married. So uh, until it happened and I saw pictures, you know, that it happened that day kind of thing. And I was like, oh, it was courthouse. So I didn't know if any family was going to be here. It just didn't even dawn on me because we hadn't heard from Casey that she was going to be here but so she showed up and actually went to the expo with us and you could tell it was their first year running this event because Mm. we got there and the show was supposed to open at nine it was probably 9 20 and they were like we're not quite ready yet (laughs) so they're not letting people in they were still trying to get the vendors in and set up so we went in and wandered around finally and like just we ended up just wandering the vendor booths the whole time we were there we never sat and listened to any of the speakers they had four stages going on in this big exhibit hall at the convention center and it, honestly it was a little overwhelming having three and four stages running at the same time did the sound overlap each other is that why it was overwhelming you could hear all four stages or multiple stages at one time no i don't think so it seemed it was actually pretty good on that because like you really oh. couldn't hear the stages unless you were pretty right close. There. okay so but what was overwhelming to me and my add is that there was a stage for entrepreneur and brand building and then mm-hmm. there was a stage for financial like growth and then there was a stage for oh my god I can't remember they have four separate stages and each stage had a theme mm-hmm. and then they had about five or six speakers happening every hour or so oh. on each stage and I'm just like this is oh, so much yeah. how do you choose? choose okay you're overwhelming with the amount of options yeah and I'm like okay so like 
financial stuff like isn't too like that doesn't jazz me sitting around and listening to someone tell me about my finances too much or like what you shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't be doing I don't feel like you get a lot out of a 45 minute chat like that like that to me is a more personal thing mm-hmm. like but side note I did chat with some lovely ladies Ooh. with um, SK Wealth Consulting Ooh. I saw them at their booth and I was like oh I saw you on the speaker lineup and she was like yeah so we chatted a while so heads up we may have her on the Ooh, show okay. I chatted with her about that a little bit but um like I don't I was just like that stage doesn't excite me and then it was like the the schedule kept changing so I don't know if they had people falling off the schedule that weren't going to oh, speak and so okay. they were kind of scrambling to fill it in with other people seemed like they were doing a good job filling it in and they had some nice like like some really good people who I recognized a couple people on the dais like on some of the lists and I was like okay that's cool um but it was just a lot to choose from and then there was you know on the list like 200 vendors in the exhibit hall we probably only saw about 60 to 80 like a lot of the spaces were empty like people just didn't show up Mm. I saw a couple friends were vending there Greenwood Brewing had a booth there so we were jazzed because I was like (laughs) I was like what then one of my friends her um broom bush tea company Denise I found her booth and we chatted for a few minutes. She goes, yeah, green." I, w- I happened to look over and she caught me looking. She goes, yeah, Greenwood's over there. Go get some beer samples. I'm like, they're pouring beer samples. Oh, wow. I'm like, it's 1030 in the morning. It's noon somewhere. So, like, <laughs> we went straight from the tea booth love to it. the beer booth. And um, we chatted it up with the owner's sister was the one running the tent and she had a few beers and we just we sampled a few things and chatted with some of the other ladies that were there. And I talked to her a little bit about popping up as a business at the brewery, like with some of the other vegan food vendors. And um, it was nice. It was like making connections and just chit chat, shooting the shit with like, I mean, mostly women. There were some men there, mostly like a couple guys with their wives and a couple of uh, like teenage boys who were probably just there because their moms didn't have anything else to do with them that day. Like, yeah. I mean, like 12, you know, young, ah, okay. young, yeah, yeah. young preteen kind of age. Mostly women and like all these female business owners. I mean, all sorts of things. So there was like stuff from jewelry and nice. sweets to clothing to uh, fitness, like athletic wear, gym memberships. I mean, just there was pole dancing. Um, this spot out in Peoria, I don't have their information handy, but they had a whole section where they were doing I demos and they were like, you guys want to jump on the pole? And I was like, no. Pole dancing <laughs> is such an athletic oh, yeah. sport. I, I asked will the say. one gal, I was like, did you, were you athletic before this? Because you have a built, like she looks like she could be a volleyball player. Like oh, her, yeah. her delts, mm-hmm. I was like, girl those Mm. shoulders those arms what and she was real tiny otherwise she's like I used to run track I'm like okay this clocks like she has a really small frame like a track runner frame but these arms she's like oh my gosh ever since I've been doing this yeah it's a great workout I I did a pole dancing class as part of a bachelorette party one time a bachelorette weekend and dude that would be it awesome was, it was super fun and challenging and it really makes you appreciate that kind of dance uh and it yeah i loved it if, if i you, had more time i would probably take more lessons did just you burn off any skin yes <laughs> yes you do experience the burning of the pole again yeah mm-hmm. yeah they were like you burn a little skin off but yes. it comes back <laughs> it does. And i'm like oh my god in 12 days <laughs> yeah i was like that does not sound uh, fun but you you start to build up i'm sure like thickness thickening of the skin too yeah yeah but it's incredible yeah like yeah it was pretty fun so that was cool we chatted with them we chatted with another woman who's one of the founders of a 
a, a host, a web hosting company, and they're trying to help people who've been deplatformed for various reasons. Oh, it was really fun. Shireen had to leave a little early because she had an interview with Delta Dental. Oh, and so it was Casey and I who wandered around for a little while after and like got a lot of stories oh from some God. of the other ladies. And Casey's doing her working moms collaborative. So I, I've been sharing some of that in our yeah, Instagram yeah, yeah, yeah. stories. Mm-hmm. So if people are watching there, they've seen about that. And uh, she, you know, she's touching base with people you know, looking for speakers and just trying to figure out where maybe other people might fit into what she's doing. And then we just got hungry and we left. <laughs> we, we left at like, I don't know, one thirty or something. That sounds like such yeah, yeah. a great time. So we wandered around and had lunch and then it was nice just catching up and shooting the shit with her and chatting like fun business ideas. We walked through. She used to work at the Herberger Theater. So we wandered through the theater and took some photos. She's like, we're going to have an event here. You and me, an event here we're taking a picture on these stairs right now and oh. then when we come i was like what's that saying about like you very can, yeah. something about like closing line of the saying is but i'm coming back to buy the building mm, do you know this phrase yeah. that i'm talking about it sounds familiar i suck i'm remembering the end of it but anyways it was cute she's like we're taking a picture now and when we come back and when we have an event here we're taking another picture <laughs> i like it yeah. i like that energy the herberger theater manifest a, it yeah put it have, out into the universe you know they have that like gorgeous staircase mm. when you walk into the building and i was like all right so <laughs> we took some photos oh my gosh a man who worked in the building doing something i mean they weren't running any shows at the time but she was like would you take our picture so he handed my phone her phone had died i hand him my phone he like does not know how to take oh, it was just man. like the joke where it's like so which button it's like oh i'm like you're only 50 55 probably you're not like a thousand years old like you're not new to this planet yeah. or maybe you are but he was like literally did not know how to take pictures i think he was holding down the shutter or oh. something weird but no pictures were being taken oh, and no. i was like no pictures took i'm not kidding oh, three no. tries i was like just tap it just <laughs> just a quick touch and it'll take a photo <laughs> so funny but anyways we we did get a picture that was a funny little moment and then we had lunch i dropped her back off at her sister-in-law's sister-in-law something like that like her husband yeah her brother-in-law's place i guess i don't know it's her yeah well i don't know it's hard to explain it's, it's literally like her in-law's new family oh house okay and then we went out and partied a little bit that night oh good casey didn't make it they got fucked up early and oh. didn't leave the house Yikes. but i had been out having dinner with my new guy and mm. uh is that we, what we're calling him new guy i don't know what i'm <laughs> calling kidding. him yet <laughs> and then we met up with uh shireen and them because they were all out celebrating another one of our friends oh, birthdays wow so sounds like such a great I was weekend like, oh we're all gonna um, be in the same hood yeah. like we should try to meet up and then we didn't think we were gonna hear from anybody and we were going to call it a night and go home and like i'm not kidding you as walking to the car i go oh my god they just text <laughs> and they were a mile away or less oh, down the street nice. so we got to meet up with them for a little oh, bit good. yeah oh fun stuff it was really i fun. like it yeah. i like it i like it i like it yeah it was fun it was Aww. a good night i have no idea what i did on sunday i'm sure i was busy though <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me that was a lot of saturday well yeah but I and like- i did like cakes <clears throat> and things in between the people came and picked things up on sunday and i don't know what the rest of my day was but it's, it feels like a blur. Thank you. A while ago, you asked me what I did on Sunday, and I was like, I'm sure I did something. <laughs> something happened. Yeah, it was like there was so much Saturday. It was like three days yeah. worth of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm used to only having about six hours of activity a day, <laughs> and any more than that, I'm just like, what's happening? Yes. yes. Yeah. Agreed. I, I My life has been so low key the last few months where I'm like, I'm mostly just nerding out at home on like self help and books and podcasts and like, 
coursework and things that then when I'm so busy socially, like I've been the yeah. last few weekends, I'm like, whoa, yeah, whoa. I mean, it's why, not bad. It's just, whoa, it's not. And it, but it's also why I crave being home yeah. and just not doing a lot. Like I need a couple of nights to like do things mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things mean just nothing. <laughs> just to breathe. Exactly. For me, it's just doing nothing means just breathing. Yeah. Like we have planning for the pod and yeah. I have emails i always have something to do for mm-hmm. the business yeah. but anyways that's it and you met up with a new guy oh goodness that's probably why i'm so giddy <laughs> <laughs> so i i'm just gonna kind of summarize my life for the last like year ish is that i haven't really been in the dating scene because i was kind of like in a secret relationship <laughs> and like nobody i like it wasn't like i could tell a lot of people about it right and so i think it I developed a lot of like, <laughs> I developed a lot of like, uh, what are those when you're like a little self-conscious about stuff and you forget these things that you miss, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and then when that whole thing ended, I was devastated of, of course. And it's taken a while for me to figure out my, like how to get back on my two feet and stuff. And I've been a little hesitant to go back into dating. So I haven't really been dating. Like we've talked about hinge and <laughs> screenshotting, you know, just funny stuff. And oh my God. I feel bad when I say like, I, I jump on hinge and I'm actually just like one of those um, trolls. I just <laughs> scroll and but you're not and trolling I never, people because tr- you're not talking to them. What is exactly what is uh, trolling? I mean, if you were trolling, you're like, you're negging them. You're Oh, that's what you, oh, time. I didn't know that that was, tro- I'm using the wrong Did word. Did you call then. yourself a troll? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that's what you do when you're like stalking, but you don't do no, anything. No, you're just creeping. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> a troll is, a troll is someone on the internet who's like trash talking people, oh. like, like following an account just to hate on them. Oh, that's horrible. So if you were there just hating on dudes, be oh like, my like gosh. if you were in guys DMs, be like crawl back under the rock you came out of like that there are people like that that's horrible do you spend no time on the internet what do you mean (laughs) i stay away from stuff like that if i see anything negative i just don't like it so i just move in a different direction yes okay so i'm a creep yes yeah you're (laughs) a creeper creeper. i'm a creeper (laughs) so i'm on like apps and i scroll through and i always scroll left or don't even do anything so that's why i have 50 plus people in my inbox because i don't look at anything but I, I'm tracking down how this guy and I started talking on Instagram mm. and I found out that he had reached out. So he reached out to me last week on Insta- on Wait, Instagram. But did he meet you on Hinge? So I was trying to figure out how I met him or how we even connected on Instagram. Okay. So I scrolled through my Hinge and realized that he's one of the guys that's listed in my 50 plus because like a few months ago. His, he had liked my account on Hinge. And on his account, I had scrolled through and I said, oh, he's he's really nice looking. Like he's someone that I could, if I'm ever ready to date, I would totally consider. I never swiped, swiped left. I just kept him in my inbox. You like put it in your pocket. Yes, just because maybe if I ever feel like dating, I might... He might be someone. and But on his profile... It's so funny how you're like, if I ever feel like dating, because I totally relate to that sentiment. But at the same time, I'm like... I also feel like dating <laughs> like at the same yeah. time I went really quickly you know yeah. a month and a month ago or whatever yeah. from like I don't know if I want to date yet exactly like I'm still in a moment where I'm not quite ready to like a week later I was like no I want to date yeah and that's what I mean I'm like 
for like, me, I, I was like, like I, I just gotta... refused to let the former yeah, experience continue to define anything about what was happening. And I was like, no, I want to date. And that is what I love about you and admire about you because you are resilient and you're strong. And I'm still working on that. Right. And yeah. I think I'm just hopeful that maybe one day I will want to date again like I want to want to date I want to want to date again I'm just waiting to feel that like desire to sometimes date. you just have to fucking do it I know okay but which anyways. leads us to today okay. so well I uh on his account on hinge he had put his Instagram for his dog and like you know I love dogs I mean I just love dogs and so I was like oh my gosh this dog is super cute I will follow the dog because he does videos of tricks and I'm like super cute dog so over the last couple of months I guess I've been liking enough of his stuff on his. Yeah. And you his, showed me the account. And I was like, girl, yeah. you like, I like I every photo on here. <laughs> like, He's a super cute dog. I love it. I was like, and shit. I was like, you're playing the game how I told you to. Not really. Like I was, it was not to get him to message me. It was just, I like your photo. I like your reel. He's a cute dog. Like he's doing a great trick. Yeah. Great job. There's a whole Instagram um, game, by the way. <laughs> I know. And I'm so oblivious. I'm not trying to play it on purpose, but Apparently, I played it because uh, he messaged me. He's like, hey, I'm back in Arizona. Would you like to meet up? Uh, you know, I noticed that you liked a lot of Rolo's pictures. And I was like, uh, busted. Okay. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, sure. You know, like, okay, fine. I'll try. Like, you know, so that's why I was like, okay, I'll try. And we were talking for a couple days before we met up. And I think I felt really comfortable because we talked on the phone uh, mm. like once before we met up. And really like him <laughs> and i'm really just based on the phone call no like i, I mean we've been okay. on two dates since oh we've been two dates since and i think i just i like had a drink went to the park with the dog yep give um, us details oh goodness i'm really bad at this why do what <laughs> why do i have to get the details know. of your date <laughs> Well, you know, so we met up at... You guys, Miley doesn't blush, but she's blushing. I know. Like, like she doesn't even turn pink. I turn pink. But she's like... Yeah. Bl- like, her cheeks, I think her face hurts from smiling. Yeah, I think so, That's too. the look yeah. you're giving me right now. Yeah. And I think it's, like I said, like, just going back to the last, like, year of my life, like, because it was, and again, lots of details I'm leaving out, but... One of the things like is because it was a quote secret relationship, I forgot what it was like to be in public with someone and hold someone's hand, like just the simple things of flirting and just things like that. And so in the the two dates that I've been on him or the two dates, (laughs) (laughs) Freudian slip, (laughs) the two dates I've been on him, (laughs) go on. We're, li- we're listening. <laughs> you have all of our attention. Well, Do not cut this out. <laughs> well, you know. Start over. The two dates. The two dates that I've been on with him, mm-hmm. but also maybe on him. I'm not going <laughs> to. But with him, uh, you know, like it's it's been really natural the way that our conversation has flowed. I know that we... We make fun a lot and I mostly make fun of myself for asking a lot of questions on on dates because I get awkward and I don't know how to fill the space or leave it like leave space open and kind of just calm. And he's very calming. And he's I, I guess like when I watch him, just the way his demeanor is, he it like smiling comes very easy to him. 
he jokes and he teases very naturally but in a very like cute way like not teasing in a mean way but he'll look for things and like tease me about it and just say like you're so cute you know like it's just and I'm like oh my goodness I'm blushing <laughs> um and so as I didn't think that like you know for a while I, I was like I don't know if I ever want to even feel like this again kind of thing that's why I think I haven't been back in the dating scene but I think again just one of the biggest things is just you know uh just being in public was I didn't realize how much of it I did not have in the last year mm-hmm. with the, you know, so butt butthead mm-hmm. <laughs> with butthead. But, uh, you know, we, on our second date, we went to the park and we kind of just sat in each other's arms. Like my legs were over his legs, his arms was around me. And, uh, we were just, it was just so natural to talk to him about everything and anything. And, and he'd kiss me and then the dog would come up and kind of separate us or like be a little, <laughs> it was super cute. Uh, and so it was just really, really nice to just be in someone's company. And I think, well, for me, I always have so much going on Mm -hmm. that one of the things that I look for when I'm dating someone is that I'm not thinking about all the other things that I need to get to like, that I need to do like editing our podcast episode. (laughs) Sorry, Mandy. I I, did not think about our episode (laughs) once when (laughs) I was with him. (laughs) I like that you're, I like that you're like is it delineating I like that you're drawing attention to this specific feeling because I I think it's going to lead into an episode we're going to talk about next week but I I also have taken note of that with the guy I'm dating right now and how when I'm there or when we're we're together we're hanging out doing whatever we're doing I'm not worried about all of the things on my to-do list because I mean I'm also really good about trying to get myself you know I'm Mm -hmm. pretty good about having my schedule done and like working my butt off when I need to and getting things done in x y and z so that I can have the time free and I don't need to worry about it but like still it's really hard and like I think when you're just not in it a whole lot and the person isn't that there's something about it I it's really hard to describe but I like so I really like that you're pointing it out because I've felt that recently too where it's like oh, when I'm here, I'm so, it's not that I don't care about my business and care about all my other things, but I'm not, I don't find my mind wandering away to like, gosh, I really wish I was doing all of these other things. Like I'm so happy in the moment. For me, it's like, I really should be doing this. Right. Like I'm losing time or I'm behind, you know, but really feeling like you're losing time slash wasting time because you're with a person who's not that great and you're just not ready to tell yourself that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But with with this guy, I mean, it was really nice to have that feeling where I was like, I just really enjoy being here in this moment, being present with you, enjoying that you're present here with me and we're just enjoying each other's company and getting to know each other and laughing together just naturally, not forcing anything. Yeah. I think for me, one of the anxieties to go back into d- the dating world is I don't want to force anything. And sometimes I think online profile dating and online dating is forcing something and yeah and I think that's why when he reached out to me on Instagram I just felt like it was a little bit more natural because we had an exchange and then we started talking a little bit more naturally sometimes I feel like on hinge when somebody messages another person it's like within a day if you haven't made plans to meet up like you know so with with Instagram and the way that this guy reached out to me it was it was just so natural. Like we started talking about dogs and he asked me about if I had dogs since I loved all his dog pictures and we got to know each other. I realized that, you know, he lives in Denver. So that's kind of a downer. Red flag. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a green flag. 
Sure. Let's talk about it's, this. It's, it's, we'll talk about it in the red yes. flag, green flag episode. Yes, there's an episode coming. Red yes. flag, green mm-hmm. flag. I, yeah. I keep wanting to say red flag, green flag. Oh, yeah. Um. I, I keep wanting to say red light, green light <laughs> because of Squid Games. But but yeah, so I think I'm just, you're right. You know, we, we've talked in the past about how relationships can heal you. Yeah. And just being with him on just these two dates. I mean, these are actually two really long dates. I mean, both mm. dates were. I've had some of those lately. Yeah, I know. It's actually really just. Like I'm giddy about it because it's not like we forced it. You know, right. it just happens that you enjoy each other's company. And then before you know it, it really does like happen where you're like, oh, holy crap. It's been six hours, eight hours. You don't even realize it. And uh, do you find yourself analyzing the situation either in in the moments, maybe not as much, but like post, like afterwards, post game, so to speak, of like, was there anything weird? Did I pick up on any? Like, do you check in with yourself? Like, how am I feeling after leaving this person? Where's yeah. my energy at? Yeah. Is it raised? Is it lowered? Like, but the fact that you said when you're there, you're not concerned with your to-do list, which yeah. will get done. It's really, really. But you're yeah. actually just enjoying the moment is a really good sign. But like, I definitely find myself analyzing. I, I analyze a lot. I mean, you and I are both from our thinkers. past. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I realized is like, I also don't feel guilty mm-hmm. about that time. Right. Because I think sometimes what happens is I'll do stuff and I'm like, oh, afterwards, I might not feel it in the moment, but afterwards I'm like, I shouldn't have spent so much time with doing, you know, with, with whatever activity. Yeah. But I realized like it was so worth it to spend eight hours with him on Saturday yeah. and well, six the- or seven hours yesterday with him. It was just, yeah. so what if I didn't get that work project done? Like <laughs> I, I, I am not going to be mad about yourself for not doing a work, like a work thing because I really just, I enjoyed that time with him and I deserve to have some joy and you happiness. You time? Yeah. yeah. You deserve to have time for just you. Yeah. And so I think that's what I realized about like how I afterwards post, post those things. I'm like, I don't feel bad. Like that energy of myself. I'm like, I really loved that time. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I do think back to him like, was there anything weird? Like, did I miss anything? Yeah. Did I, you know, and is this real? Yeah. Like, was I my authentic self too? Yeah. You know, like during those moments, like, were there any moments where I was forcing anything or not myself? And that's one thing I appreciate about this guy too. I, for some reason, and he even noticed it too. He was like, this is just so weird. We've only been on, on two dates, but I feel like I can, like, we've talked about everything and anything that came to our mind and we didn't judge each other for it. And we really created a safe space where... And I've noticed that too, because in previous relationships, when I've asked questions or when I've been asked questions and maybe I haven't been able to give an answer right away, the the guy, Beavis, he would have been so impatient with me. And then afterwards, he'll be like, you paused for a long time. Like, I feel like you made something up or you were lying about it. And I was like, no, I just need to find my words or maybe I'm just thinking. And he did this like very similar things. I'd ask a question and he's like, hmm. And then he'd be like, no one's ever asked me that question before and he'll he'll think about it and then he'll get back to like he'll he'll kind of respond and then he'll say like you're just so cute and how like you ask all these questions (laughs) and I'm like I just want to get to know you and he's like I just love that (laughs) and so yeah it's been really like healing as well because I don't feel as insecure and it's such a remarkable difference when you're dating or out on dates or dating someone that is just more your speed and like at a healthy place with themselves Mm -hmm. and has a good understanding I think of how to be in like how to date and how to be in a relationship with how to be in relationship with another person yeah you know what I mean like whether it's 
friend, family, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But like having a healthy adult who knows how to be in a healthy relationship with another person yeah, makes such a huge difference. And it's not like you and I haven't ever had that before, but sometimes it when you're when you have a exposure to someone who's so toxic it's really a bummer and it can it, it can really taint your outlook for a minute on future yeah people which is why i was like i have to go out i have to date again yeah because this is not like i can't i can't be concerned with what was because none of what was was really anything that's true. And I know that sounds hella cryptic, but no, no, it makes if, if you've been through it, you know what Mandy just said. Go back to the former episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, you're exactly right. And if this doesn't work out, it's OK, because I think it really has helped me a lot. And I actually ta- we talked about that, too. We talked about like we talked about his past relationships, my past relationships. sometimes. So this is my analysis, too. I wonder if my ability to be more vulnerable and open with him is because in my head, I'm thinking, what do I have to lose? He's in Denver. So even if I make a fool of myself, I'm not losing. So that's the thing, right? Being able to have that attitude and that confidence, regardless of being detached from the outcome Mm -hmm, while mm -hmm. you're in the thing. That's the goal. Literally detach from the outcome and enjoy the process. Yeah, that's huge. For me specifically, I realize that that's one of the thoughts that have been going on in my head. I'm like, how am I able to do this and be this open and authentic it's like the things that you lose weren't meant for you yeah all you have to do is be you yeah and your voice was in the back of my mind at points where you're like put it all on the table like you have nothing to lose like you've said that in in the last episode and i was like i got nothing to lose i'm just gonna tell him what i think (laughs) i will put a tiny asterisk on that (laughs) and say you know practice boundaries yes like you don't spill there are certain levels of things you sort of let people in on as relationships progress but yes you can certainly give them you can certainly go into like the first few layers so to speak of things in your life and where you come from and why you how how you've gotten to the place we are today things that have shaped you like I think that's a okay but there is a certain level of like deep diving and spilling too much like early yeah early. Yeah, yeah so just but I understand what you're saying I just want to make sure the listener yeah. is, <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's clear yes yes mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. what honestly like that's the that's the way to go it's like yeah I don't know I feel like being detached from the out like when you're so attached to the outcome you lose the fun you do you lose totally you lose right now because you're too focused on the future you're so right Mandy Thank you. I can never hear that enough. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Should we Mm. move into the episode today? Yes. We're going to talk about the four horsemen. Yes. Not of the apocalypse. No, but of relationship killing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is also the episode where we will introduce Beavis and Butthead. That's probably why people might not understand Butthead. That's fair. Yes. We went backwards there. Sorry, y'all. Sorry. Now you get it. So Miley's past relationships, Beavis and Butthead. Yes. (laughs) You'll hear about that. I think we both share a lot of stories and examples of the four horsemen. Yes. It was a, I really liked talking about this. I really did too. So Um, we, I really hope everyone enjoys listening to it because we enjoyed talking about it. I'm a nerd for this kind of stuff. (laughs) I'm like, how much more can I learn? How much more can I, how much better can I relate? Yeah. Yeah. To myself and others. Exactly. And it's be not aware just yourself. And, yeah. It's be about like others as well. Aware yeah. and conscious mm-hmm. of my behaviors. And how you interact with other people. And what I yeah. what I need out of other people. 
So everyone enjoy this episode. Please do. And if you don't, listen to it again until you do. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Let's get into it. Today we are going to spend some time talking more in depth about something that we had mentioned at last week's episode when we were talking about trust. And you had mentioned in that episode about Gottman's uh, Four Horsemen. Yes. Not and the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, nope. everyone. No. But <laughs> did you it was can that be in the episode? It or was. Did you say it? Okay. No, well, it's because it, he he refers to the Four Horsemen of Apocalypse, yeah. like these four horsemen that he has identified can be relationship ending. Yeah, these are kind of like relationship killers if yes. they go unaddressed. Right. So like the relationship apocalypse, I guess. So yes. you can <laughs> it's doomsday if you don't get over these things or if you have these things and they go unchecked basically just I mean once we get into them you will understand like you may be experiencing some of them I did not know about these until I had a really I would say a really bad relationship okay and once I started to learn these things I could look back and recognize some of this but in the moment when I was in the relationship I didn't have the words to identify or define what I was experiencing. And then after this relationship, in which I will probably be able to give many examples for all four of these horsemen, but it's nice, I think, to know about this and to have these words readily available for you because if you can understand it, you can either recognize yourself when you exhibit some of these mm -hmm. and or you can identify them or be, recognize them in your partner and maybe together, if you're both willing to and committed to work on it together, then you can identify as early as possible and be able to work on it before the relationship ends. Yes, because the way most of these express themselves or come out in relationships, there are really easy ways to twist what you want to say in order to not be quote, like attacking or making the other person feel small, et cetera, et cetera. There are ways you can get what you're feeling in those moments across that is much more gentle and conducive and can build the relationship versus the examples we're going to give that can make the relationship or the other person, like the other person feels small and the relationship will struggle. Yes. And this isn't to say that you can't express yourself. The, the, right. the, the key is to express yourself in a way that is healthy for both you and your partner or even in friendships, in work relationships, in any kind of relationship, actually. It's a matter of how to communicate in a healthy way so that you not only are addressing the conflict, but you also deepen the relationship as opposed to addressing the conflict or maybe not even being able to resolve it because you're not just not resolving it, but you're also harming the relationship too. Yes, I absolutely agree. I'm really big on most of these. This, I'll just say these also make me think of the four agreements. Ah, yes. Have mm -hmm. you read that book? I read it a long time ago, a, like 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. I really need to read it again. Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm -hmm. I actually have four copies of the book. Really? Yes. Hard would copies? you like a copy? Yes, hard I would copies. Love a hard oh, copy. yeah. So I read it maybe, like I said, 12, 14 years ago, and it was given to me by my dental school dean. Okay. And he happened to give me three more copies because he said that one of his favorite things is to give people books about the things that matter, right? This is Dr. So, D. Mm hmm. Dr. Dillenberg. that Jade Turtle I have over there. Oh. 
Yeah. You know, he's very into the Native American. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when he was leaving, Mm -hmm. and I I was chatting with him before he parted, and um, he's so sweet. He is. You know, he had a bunch of things that he was like, you know, are you interested in any of these? So anyways, I got a turtle. I love him. He's great. It's funny that he gave you four copies of the four agreements. Yeah, that's kind of funny, huh? Yeah. yeah. And he said, if you really like it, which I did, he said, uh, one of the best things you can do, Miley, is to gift that book and you know, kind of like pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I may or may not have a digital copy, but I would love a hard copy. Yeah. I that's will, the kind of book I would that, flip yeah. open and just like mm-hmm. read a couple pages. Yeah. Of. yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll work on that for you. It's somewhere in my storage room. I'm not good with self-helpy type mm, of books mm-hmm. in general like I have quite a few of them but it's really hard for me to get through them at length like just reading lots of them at a time so like the little book like unlearn which just has like two page chapters it's like a little lesson that's really easy for me to do in that type of book but in the same thing with the four agreements it's like you can read little sections at a time and digest the little like lessons and little bits and pieces so I would totally take one. Thank you. You're welcome. But yes, these four horsemen, I will also tell you that when you better understand these, it really helped me heal and I continue to heal because when you can better understand the situations, the scenarios that you go through, maybe even I will go as far as saying the trauma that you go through. Oh, yeah. The the four Horsemen are called criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And Again, don't all those words sound bad? They do sound bad. But it was kind of nice for me, like in the healing process, sometimes I didn't even know what some of these words meant. Yeah. And it wasn't even in my vocabulary. So like I said, just knowing about this can help you heal from past trauma, as well as moving forward, being able to identify like if you exhibit it or other people are exhibiting it so that you can move forward and resolve and or deepen your relationships or prevent them from dying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's start with the first one. Criticism. What do we have to say about criticism? I I was going to say that there's different types of criticism. Mm -hmm. And it's also a matter of like how you deliver that criticism. I think that's for me, that's the most important thing to say when we talk about criticism. Yes, there's always going to be feedback that we can give to each other in any kind of relationship Mm -hmm. it's a matter of how you deliver that feedback sure and oftentimes I think what happens is in in many relationships criticism can come off as like you never do this or you always do this oh my gosh I was just gonna say the always and the never (laughs) like that was brought up to me by a former partner it was like you always and like he he didn't say it he was really adamant on not using those words and he actually taught me that and I'm like Mm. okay this is a really good thing to know although I did not put it quite into this deep of a context like but the always and the never is very attacking yes so again if you have a concern with your partner you want to express it in a way that it is not necessarily criticism but maybe you're expressing a concern or a complaint Mm -hmm. and it's how you say it right instead of saying like you never think about other people Mm -hmm. you can say this one time I felt like you didn't think of me or you weren't thoughtful of me for this one specific example Mm -hmm. and so turning it into like um, instead of attacking their whole character and giving them a criticism about what they always do or never do and assuming big things like that using specific examples of like that's when you weren't thoughtful. Yes, that's a complaint and a concern, but it's not criticizing you. Right. So the criticizing your partner is different 
this is like information from the Gottman's website, just in case everybody wants to know like how we are kind of more specifically defining these because this is their term. These yes. four horsemen of relationships like it is their term. So criticizing your partner is different than offering a critique or yes. voicing a complaint. Mm-hmm. Like you can voice a complaint and say so they're they have antidotes to these. Right. Like in, if you're being met with criticism or you find yourself feeling like you need to offer a like you have a genuine complaint you have a genuine critique that you need to address like there's a difference between sweating the small stuff and I feel like sometimes we sweat the small stuff a little bit much the small stuff can be really big like what's really small and insignificant to one person can feel huge to the other one like yes leaving doors open leaving lights on leaving cabinets open leaving drawers open leaving (laughs) wet towels on the floor leaving your socks laying around your shoes in the middle of the walkway yes Uh, one example from my relationship with bart um (laughs) (laughs) i was listening for the just to the last episode about Uh trust and as i was listening and you called them bart and brad i was like we should call them beavis and butthead (laughs) oh okay i like that um okay so we'll go with beavis and butthead that's a really old reference i hope people listening (laughs) i love beavis and butthead i loved watching those i was obsessed with them in high school i won't even tell but yeah go for it okay so with beavis (laughs) one of his biggest criticisms about me was that i was a bad driver He was always talking, and here I am using the word always. (laughs) But because he was always an asshole. (laughs) He criticized my driving a lot, and I already am insecure about my driving because, and I joke about it, right? I'm Asian, I'm female, I have gotten to a few different accidents in my life, I've gotten a couple tickets in my life. I haven't had a ticket or been in an accident in about... 12, 13 years, actually. I know that it's one of my weaker points. And so I want to be mindful. And then I joke about it. But it comes from a place of insecurity because I I know I'm not the best driver. You are not the stereotypical. Like, (laughs) you actually drive hella fast. Like, I'm usually in the car with you. And I'm like, whole just, all right, girl. Yeah. Okay. So that's the thing. Uh, with him, he drove really fast too, and he'd always be in a rush to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. So whenever he had me drive, I would feel that pressure of like needing to go somewhere. So I'd drive like he would drive because I didn't want him to kind of get upset at me for being too slow. So he 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 used to say that I was a, such a bad driver, and he said that to some of my friends and this in front is of one me. One of the things he said about you when I met him. Yes. Like the antidote, is that my antidote? The antidote, yes, antidote. to criticism. Yes. I think what uh, Dr. Gottman would suggest is saying like, when you drive fast, I feel unsafe. Yeah. That's a different way of giving me that kind of complaint and concern than to just flat out tell me that I'm a bad driver. Yeah. So the antidote to criticism is talk using I statements, meaning you lead with I, mm-hmm. I feel this. And then you express a positive need. So like I have actually had a similar complaint with an ex where I was just somewhat terrified when they would be driving around. Like not terrified like I'm going to die, (laughs) but it was just I was not super comfortable with their driving. So I said things like, you know, I just feel a little anxious when we're riding this close to the car. Yes. In front of us. I would feel much more comfortable if we could keep a little bit more distance. Perfect. I love that statement because not only did you share how you feel whenever that person did something, but you also gave a possible solution that would not only keep both of you safe, but it would decrease your anxiety. 
Yeah. So I like that. I'm expressing how I'm feeling now and I'm expressing how you can help me make me yes. feel, how you could help make feel me feel better. Yes. I love it. Yes. And that is a great way of being able to share a critique or a feedback to your partner, but in a very gentle way so that they understand like th- you're not criticizing them as a whole person. This isn't a character. Uh, like how you drive when you're alone. <laughs> I don't fucking care. How you drive when I'm in the car. Yes. I care. Yeah. Pretend like I am a delicate little flower. (laughs) (laughs) Or in my case, I'm whenever I drive with you, Mandy, I think of you like a cupcake that I don't want to mess up the frosting. Thank you. Because it's happened before. (laughs) (laughs) A cupcake flew off the seat when you had a One of your specific positively frosted cupcakes in your container. I I turned a little too fast (laughs) and it went rolling across the seat and then it fell upside down and then the frosting was destroyed. That does happen. Yes. So (laughs) now every time I drive with you, I think of a cupcake, a delicate cupcake that I don't want to mess up the frosting. Don't send me flying off the seat. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's that's awesome. And I mean, you can apply that to anything. You know what I mean? Yes. Whatever it is that, you know, if there's something that makes you feel away. Yeah. Express how that makes you feel. Express what would help. I mean, if it's something silly, like I mentioned, leaving your wet towels on the floor and it's like, hey, you know. I understand that this is a habit for you. It makes me feel like you don't really care about the work I put into cleaning the house when you leave things laying on the floor. Can we work on hanging them up? Exactly. Working with the partner. And I think that's why, like, when I think back to Beavis, he was attacking my... (laughs) I'm only laughing because Mandy's... (laughs) quietly <laughs> laughing while I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying not so, to laugh at Beavis but I'm yeah. so pleased with it <laughs> so you know Beavis attacked like I felt like I he was attacking my character right. because I felt like he didn't acknowledge that I was really trying like I know that I've, I was like I know I have a driving problem and I'm trying to work on it mm-hmm. but I also feel that like I feel the anxiety or the pressure that you put on me when you need me to get you somewhere in a timely manner and that's so again like working with your partner if if instead he talked to me about it like is there a reason why you drive so fast when i'm in the car like like, give me a chance to kind of talk it through like work with your partner when you have a criticism or a complaint totally assumed he thought you were a bad driver because you drove too slow for him no 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because he was always in a hurry. He was like, fuck this. Move over. I'm driving. You're too slow. You're terrible at this. Get out of the way. No, that's why it was so weird because I was driving fast. I matched. Like I was very observant of like at what speeds he drove. So I would drive at that speed Mm -hmm. whenever it was my turn to drive. We're going to talk about codependency in a later episode, Mm -hmm. but this is definitely a foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) Probably some more stories to come. And I also remember we were driving to California for a a weekend trip Mm -hmm. and I don't drive cross country very much. So again, I lack a lot of etiquette. California is not cross country. It is for me because (laughs) it is for me. (laughs) But I didn't know. Between breakfast and lunch. (laughs) No. (laughs) But again, like I'm insecure about my driving because I don't drive very far. Like four hours is a long time. That's a cross country for me. And so I remember like I was driving us to San Diego and, you know, you hit the the long stretch. And I was driving on the left lane. And he was so he was wor- he was so worked up and he's like, 
you are driving. That was when he, I was apparently driving too slow. And he was saying like, the etiquette is that you, you drive on the right side of the road and people will pass you on the left. If you don't need to be in the left lane, be in the right lane. And I was like, okay. You know, and I'm like driving. I mean, that is basic 101. And I didn't know that. But be- you, you know? can say that in a kind yes. and gentle way. And he, he did not. Okay. And so like for the first like hour and a half of our drive, it was just silence because he was so worked up. And I got, I was like, oh my God, I Why just pissed him off. Why did you drive? Because we were in my car. You don't let him drive your car? I, I did, but I think we were switching. I was going to do like the first couple hours. He was going to do the first hour. I don't know what. I don't remember. I just remember him being very upset at me. If somebody yelled at me on the road, like genuinely. I mean, he didn't raise his voice, but he said it not in like a, hey, did you know that the etiquette is that you drive on the right side of the road? I was like, no, I, I, I honestly didn't know that because I don't drive cross country. I've never driven I think you at that point, in a place where it was two lane highways. No, <laughs> like I drive in Phoenix. Like it wasn't until I was a working adult in my late twenties that I actually drove outside of Phoenix. That is wild. Yeah, but I yeah. I think I might have. I mean, I'm imagining maybe a very worst case scenario, but I imagine myself stopping the car wherever I am. I'm like, it's you. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I and again, I haven't had that level of confidence or that like assertiveness that says like if you have a problem why don't you drive like yeah. I haven't gotten there yet you know and what? I definitely I, wasn't there when I, I was like, with Beavis you know what I would much rather sit in the passenger seat and do some emails so why don't we just flip this right now yeah I'm still working on that and definitely not with Beavis you know Ooh. so but again like I said he could have easily said like hey did you know that like, like I'm that's not etiquette sit there and drive and be attacked and like feel like no I'm not gonna sit there and feel pissed and uncomfortable and all those things i'm just gonna pull over and let you do it yeah i have many examples of him being critical <laughs> yeah i don't have as many i i will later because i mean i even have examples of myself doing future ones but i don't think i have as many criticisms i'm per- i i'm pretty sure i exhibit a lot of these i'm sure we talked to beavis he would probably say any of my partners i'm sure yeah but i mean i can remember being criticized but not in a way that it was anything he could have given me constructive feedback for. Like I can remember being told, you know, not all guys like a girl with like a thick ass. Like while you're dating me. Oh my. Like critiquing my size, my weight. Not cool. Not cool. First of all, most people really enjoy my ass. Most people will (laughs) probably pay money for your. (laughs) (laughs) We've said too much. All right. Let's move on to number two. Numero dos. Contempt contempt what is contempt i didn't okay so this is one of the horsemen that i did not know like i I, this word is not in my vocabulary so until i experienced it Mm -hmm. and then i was talking to you and then i was reading up on gottman then i realized that what i was talking about and what i experienced with beavis during the two times because with beavis i we we broke up and then we got back together and then we broke up again and the the ending, the way that I experienced the ending of both really uh, both times that we broke up. Um, I see. I don't even know how to. I don't he was even. Holding you in contempt. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I was gonna say. I was like. I don't even know how to use the word. I still don't know how to use the word in a sentence. I just know what it is. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of the words where I'm like, wow, it is so nice to be able to kind of just say or know what it is that I was experiencing. Yeah. So someone's said to be holding you in contempt when they treat you a certain way, or it can be. 
I'm pretty sure you can use it this way where you say that was really contemptuous. Ah, okay, okay, good. Yeah, like so this. contempt so- is, it goes, it's like, it's beyond criticism, right? Like it's criticizing, but this assumes a position of moral superiority. Right, I think so. Yeah, okay, yeah, keep going. And yeah. So uh, like in my reading and kind of refreshing mm-hmm. my own brain and all, because also I was like, God, how do you describe contempt? So it's like, oh, poor you. You have to do this. Oh, da 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 da. da. It's like, like your problems aren't real, and it's like, they're. That's kind of the way I'm understanding it. It's like if you're you're upset because you know traffic was bad and you had been taking care of the kids all day, and then you have to come home and make dinner, and you're just kind of venting maybe about being exhausted by the things you did that day, and it's like, oh, poor you. Cry me a river. I've been doing this all day. I was in an office all day. I had meetings back to back to back. And it's just basically, I feel like, and maybe then there's an attack. Like what I'm reading, what I read online is, and it's like, you're pathetic. And I think very similar in both times, he would accuse me of certain behaviors and then end up calling me a liar or disingenuous. And he would attach all of these descriptions or these words that defined who I was as as a person, as a character and how it was a bad thing and then it just made me feel horrible he was just mean Mm -hmm. in the way that he said his problem like he was saying like these are the problems you have that you're bringing to the relationship and you are this and you are that it just made me feel horrible like you're worthless yeah you're worthless as a person. Deal with your problems. I shouldn't need to deal with this. Yes, that he did say that too. Oh my, oh my goodness. You're like, when you were saying that, yeah, that's how he would end. Like, that's how he ended the relationship. Like, you're the problem. You're the one that is messing this up. Like, you're the one that triggers me. When you do this, this, and this, like, you just have to fix that if you want to be together. Wow. I know, I Beavis, I tell you, like, he really worked a number on me. I barely have words for what an asshole No, that's, is. like, when he, when I sat there and he would tell me these things or tell it to me via text message, I was just like, I have no idea how to respond to this. I, I, I was just speechless in the moment. And, and again, you know, we've talked in the past where fl- flight or fight, fight or fawn right. or freeze. freeze. Or and I would freeze because mm-hmm. I'd be like, I, and then he would say, well, you have nothing to say. Now you you can't defend yourself like you have no explanation. And when I tried to explain, he would cut me off because I was trying to find the words. You know, I'm not the greatest at I talking. Like, I didn't realize I needed to defend yeah. <laughs> my emotional state. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, OK, well, hold up. I like I'm just trying to answer your questions. But now you're telling me that I I, I need to explain myself. And, and then now I'm taking too long to explain myself and I can't find the words. And I was just so flustered. This is like, I mean, when someone is this level of narcissistic, this is beyond contempt, but this is contempt. Okay, that was good. That, see, that's why I was like, when I was experiencing all this, I didn't know. It's also a little gaslighting. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like to throw your problem back at you and then degrade you for it. Right. Because, you know, even with us talking right now. Yeah. And then telling you you're a piece of shit for having them. Because even with me and you sitting here and talking, we look at each other. But sometimes I look up because I'm trying to find a word or sometimes I'll look around because I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to say. And he said, like, that is what triggers me because it's like you're making stuff up in your mind and you're lying about it or you're trying to cover up something. And I'm thinking, I'm just trying to find the words because English is my second language. <laughs> oh, God, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Yeah. So, okay, great. So that's an example of holding me in contempt. <laughs> yeah. So and it's interesting that you said he was mean because that's like basically one way that this is described by the Gottmans. It's when we communicate in this way, it is truly mean. It's disrespecting. It's mocking. It's sarcasm. It's ridicule, calling names, mimicking them in a sarcastic yeah. way, using body language, eye rolling, scoffing scoffing it's the target of contempt is to is to be made feel or to be made to feel despised and worthless yeah and and again for me it was just like okay like what an awful way to feel like and i and i understand you have these like in my head i'm like i understand it sounds like you have all these problems with me but this is like can you explain it in a different way so that we can work through this because the way you deliver your message doesn't give me any anything to work with Mm -hmm. i feel like this this contempt is the worst in my opinion Mm. of the four horsemen to me it is it feels the ugliest yes it does and it feels the hardest to overcome like i'm not sure me in that position where you were Uh i would have been like i don't think you like me i i did yeah exactly i was just like "I, i don't like you i don't think we should ever community yeah and i think part of me was like i'm i don't want to talk and make it worse like in my head in the moment i was just like i'm just gonna sit here until you're done and then he saw himself out the door oh and you're like i hope you don't come back (laughs) please never come back and i was like okay you should have just i don't know what just happened he was being a gaslighting asshole Okay, great. Good. Ugh. I'm glad. Like, And when I found this word after reading the Gottmans, I felt again. And I think this is why this is such a big deal for me is for those of you who have fe- like who feel like you can't find the words for certain things or the experiences that you face. Like, It was so nice to finally understand that like maybe I didn't do anything wrong. Like maybe nothing is Not wrong maybe. with me. Right. Not like maybe. <laughs> Not maybe. Not maybe. Start your sentence yes. over. It was nice to understand. It was nice to understand that. I was not the problem that he was thinking that I was. And that you didn't do anything that wrong. That I didn't do anything wrong. Write that down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. What are the antidotes to contempt? The antidote to contempt per the Gottmans is to treat people with respect and yeah. build a culture of appreciation. So, I mean, it, I personally don't find it hard to treat people with respect. Right. I, I don't, don't find it hard to build a culture of appreciation. Like I am so big and committed to saying things like thank you. Yes. Oh, like someone shares something with me. I'm like, I really appreciate you sharing that. Yes. And or when they do something or when they notice something I'm like, I really appreciate that you noticed that. I remember. Great with that. I mean, that is on record. We have that on podcast. <laughs> you, you will say things about me or you will notice me noticing you and appreciate it. Yeah. It, it is really, again, it's not a in the moment antidote for contempt, but it is how you can help yourself from either being the person who is holding someone else in a contempt or it could help you over time develop a culture or a relationship that prevents you from getting down the road towards contempt. Yes. So contempt is, is often a product of a lot of little grievances, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like little things that you haven't aired for a long time. Yeah. So maybe it's all those things we mentioned earlier. Maybe it's leaving drawers open and lights on and towels on the floor or driving a certain way and you're 
you have all these feelings that are going unmet because you haven't expressed them and you start to fester and yeah. just build up inside of you and then they explode and bubble out of you in these ugly, ugly ways and then you have contempt. And it's it feels it cannot feel good. Even saying those things, yeah. like a normal person, we're not talking people with personality disorders. <laughs> I'm sure they're yeah. loving their, they feel great. But normal people are not going to feel good. Like I can't imagine feeling okay saying those types of things or being this way towards people. So I experienced, I don't want to say who. So I experienced this in a couple that I know that's been married for a while. And it's not necessarily the healthiest of mm-hmm. marriages, but it's not going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, but like one had to help the other post surgery with okay. some very simple follow up type of things. Mm-hmm. And they complained about it daily mm. to the person in front of the person oh. around the person. Like, I can't believe I have to do this for oh. you. Like, you're a grown up. Shouldn't you be able to do this? This seems like a really easy task. Why can't you do this? Why do I need to do this for you? Oh. And to be honest with you, it broke my fucking heart. Yeah. It was so upsetting to witness. And it's That's not sad to hear and be around that. Yeah. And it's it was not something that I could even address mm-hmm. because I it just hurt so much. Um, but like because all I could think was, are you kidding me right now? Like the little thing that you're being asked to help with is so easy. Yeah. Do you know what I would give to help somebody like that? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's really sad. For me, I try to be mindful of when I may have these thoughts or these complaints that fester up over time. And the way I prevent myself from potentially damaging a relationship with someone, I remind myself of the good qualities or the good times or the good things about this person before I sit down and talk to them about it or before I allow it to uh, make me blow up at the person. I think one of the things to help yourself before you may hold someone in contempt is to be mindful of the negative thoughts or the complaints or the things. And if you're holding stuff in, be very mindful of that blowing up one day. And so work on yourself if you are starting to see signs of contempt. Contempt is the single greatest predictor of divorce. The Gottmans also have a have developed a Mm. tool and within a few seconds i I forget what the weird they have some time maybe you can find it out while i'm babbling but they have a little tool that they can watch a couple interact for i forget it's a really short it's a few minutes yes it is and they can predict divorce based on how people like move through a certain situation how quickly they move through conflict yeah and how they handle that conflict and repair repair is a huge thing is with all of these four horsemen I always think like we're all human. Mm -hmm. We are going to experience this and be the receiver of some of this. And we're also going to be the one who actually potentially exhibits these as well. It's not necessarily working towards like not exhibiting or not experiencing this. But when you experience or when you exhibit this, how quick are you to repair? How quick are you to be aware of what's happening and work together to repair and overcome? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, we are human. I will probably criticize you, Mandy, or hold you in contempt, but or the other two. But mm-hmm. how quick am I to be aware of my thoughts and my actions and my behavior and interactions with you? And when I do exhibit some of those 
negative behaviors, let's say, or the, the horseman, how quick am I to admit mm-hmm. and overcome and, and, and repair with you or whoever it is? Right. And I mean, a lot of what we talk about is helping you understand and become aware. The listener, you mm-hmm. and I, whoever, mm-hmm. helping you become more aware of what's going on in the moment so that you can react and respond and understand what you're feeling and understand why you're feeling it. This is fire drills, right? Oh, yes. We say this all the time. I'm always like, this is a fire drill. Like when I feel this way, what am I feeling? And you have to do so. It's a ton of work, but it's really freeing to be able to understand what you're feeling, why you're feeling it in the moment or, you know, within moments within even an hour, if you're not used to understanding it for days, weeks, months, years, or never. It's so helpful and so nice to understand why you're feeling what you're feeling. And with contempt, I just wanna add that while it is the single greatest predictor of divorce, it's also couples that are contemptuous of each other are more likely to suffer from infectious illnesses like Mm. colds and flus because they have weakened immune systems. That's really insightful because we've mentioned in previous episodes about how your physiologic health can be negatively impacted when you experience negative experiences, like negative behavior, negative talk, all of that, negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. I used to think that it was when I went vegan that Mm. I suddenly wasn't sick anymore. But within about a year of going vegan, I also released a relationship. Yes. And knowing a little bit more about what I know now I'm like oh it was probably just a lot of that stress left I mean there were we've talked about the physical signs like I barely used to be able to turn my head in one direction because I would have such a bad muscle spasm in my neck shoulder area and it was suddenly that just kind of disappeared not suddenly but it slowly disappeared to where not long after I was free from that emotional pain of that relationship Mm -hmm. that I was like wow I feel good. Yeah. Like, like and not just emotionally. Yeah. Like feel better. Yeah. Like where, what? It was wild. And wow. you know, there's that whole, the body remembers mm-hmm. like the trauma that we hold in our bodies and the pain that we hold in our bodies is so real. And it weakens things in the gut. It weakens things physically. And it just work on this stuff and you will feel so much better. I totally agree. Like, I have physically witnessed the mm-hmm. effects witness and experienced yes and yes thank you experience <laughs> all right yes. uh so first horseman was criticism second horseman was contempt third horseman defensiveness Ooh, defensiveness you've already given some examples <laughs> <laughs> typically a response to criticism is defense and yeah. so like again i when i have experienced criticism i immediately get defensive like and they think that's just human nature like even today my my boss texted me and said hey this happened and I immediately was like no 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 no, but let me explain like I have I have an explanation like I'm trying to defend myself because uh but it's also how you carry it like carry yourself and how you deliver that message she gave me a criticism but the way she carried it out was she was like hey next time can you make sure you do this I'm also guilty of it so why don't we both work on this together mm-hmm. and I was like that it didn't make me feel bad, right. but I knew she was telling me a piece of criticism. And I was like, hey, I totally get it. I will do better. Can I explain what happened? And so I think that's a healthy interaction of criticism and defensiveness. But I have lots of examples of Beavis and me. <laughs> this whole show, I apologize, is probably going to be all about Beavis and me. <laughs> Don't apologize. 
women need to side note women stop apologizing for shit you don't need to be apologetic for this is perfect i Thank love you. that you have all yeah. these examples i i have not been in i i have been in an ugly relationship recently but honestly i have one example of defensive or where he attempted to put me on the defense but i don't think i'm very quick to fall into defensiveness mm. so it's hard for me to come like these days uh-huh. I'm just not very quick to fall into defensiveness I think in the past I probably was more freeze and maybe fawn where like I just smooth things over and play along in order to not to in order to avoid the conflict like I was much more avoidant 8 to 10 12 years 15 years ago and these days I just don't I don't fall into the defensiveness. Like I don't fall into the trap. Like the most recent person with the personality disorder Mm -hmm. tried to triangulate me and make accusations about a friend. Maybe he's like, this person was like, oh, I think he's trying to get with you. I think he's trying to make me feel small. I think he's trying to be better than me and he wants you and he's flirty. And why is he always hugging you? And I'm like, what? (laughs) And so my, my response to it was, you know, I, I'm happy to ask the other people that were there that witnessed the interaction that I didn't, that you're expressing to me right now. But have you flipped that around on yourself and asked why it's making you feel this way? Because what you're telling me doesn't sound like, you know, and through some investigation, I just asked some questions and I was like, what you're telling me doesn't sound overly offensive or odd or attacking none of this this sounds very quote normal like this sounds like a very normal interaction even if the person is a little socially awkward that you're telling me about none of it sounds egregious or offensive so I said did you have you considered asking yourself why these interactions are activating you in this way to where you feel the need to bring it up to me a week later Mm. and that person just you know, doesn't operate on that level of self-awareness, doesn't really have a lot of self-awareness. So didn't have a, didn't have much. Yeah. Didn't have much of any response to that question. And they were just kind of like, no, I don't think it's me kind of thing. So I don't have a good, I don't have a good example of when I got defensive. That's a way I work around that type of instance. So yeah, I just, it's if you put trying to trying to put me on the defense, I'm going to investigate why. Yeah, you have a much better approach to that because I fall into that trap of getting defensive yeah. because I think, again, with Beavis, I, I, it was not a very healthy relationship. And Someone's when he would accuse me of, wrong. yes, I felt like I had to explain myself all the time because I felt like I wasn't being understood. Mm-hmm. So I remember we we were hiking somewhere up in seattle uh, we were up in seattle for something mm-hmm. and did you want to push him off the mountain um <laughs> uh, by the end of it i did want to in hindsight. <laughs> uh, but in you know i remember we were on this hike and there had been some other things that had led up to the hike and i was just like at that point i remember telling you a story about the the like right outside the car and didn't he storm off he did he stormed off and in my head i'm like okay um, I know you're upset about something, but I don't know what it is. So I, he stormed off. And so I started following him and we, we were already like ready to hike and stuff. So I'm like, okay, Do I'll you follow. you just want to jump into a hole when you think about these stories? 
I do. Like how you responded to them. Yes. Do you have like, do you have a lot of sympathy for yourself for that version of you? I I do. And I feel like I the sympathy comes from me just not knowing what I was like what situation what I was against. in yeah like up against and that I felt bad I didn't know what to do in the moment and in the moment I felt like it was my fault mm-hmm. for a lot of the reasons or I, I felt like it was my fault for the way he was mad at me or upset yeah. I felt like it was I'm I did something wrong to make him so upset and I was the one who made him give me the silent treatment and I was it was my fault that he was upset about something and I had to figure it out on my own because he was not telling me why he was upset. So he was, and I know you'll understand this with the grace that I'm giving it to you. He was just much more skilled in his defects and character flaws than you were in protecting your heart. Yes, exactly. Okay. And I still, to some extent, I'm still trying to figure out how to protect my heart because I am a very, yeah, (laughs) yes. So like, and I remember like in that moment, I'm like, okay, I have to be the one that like gently tries to figure out how to get him to talk to me. Or I have to be, I took on the responsibility of like, okay, um, he's upset at me for something and I'm going to have to gently try to soften him so he will be vulnerable to tell me what's going on so that I can then correct what it is that upset him. And so during this whole one hour and a half hike, I like I'd wait 15, 20 minutes to kind of, so, hey, how are things going? How are you doing? How are you feeling? And then he would just like, ex- he, he was exhibiting the, the fourth horseman, which is stonewalling. Oh, God. But I remember at some point to just get back to the third horseman about defense. Like mm-hmm. it got to a point in the hike where he was like, you just never start anything. You never get answers. And I'm thinking, okay, please tell me more. Give me some examples. And he goes, for example, this hike is taking you eight hours to find the hike. What, like to make a decision about a hike. You just don't make decisions. You're very indecisive. Just like last night, you couldn't decide what hotel we were going to stay at. Okay, so I immediately get defensive because last night, and I'm, I'm taking every example he's giving me, like, well, last night I didn't have internet reception. I told you that the three hours we were driving, I couldn't get internet reception. And when I finally got, re- you know, and so I'm ex- trying to, ex- like, defend myself. Like, I'm trying to, like, tell him all this. And then he's like, well, you can't make decisions. You couldn't even make a decision about the hike today. And I'm like, but I was asking you about the hike. Like, I was giving you examples. And he's like, well, you could have just made the decision yourself. And I'm thinking, well, I'm a team player and I wanted your insight and I wanted your input because you're a much better hiker than I am and you do more camping than I do. And that's why I was trying to, I thought we were making decisions together. Well, it yeah. was just bad. I mean, his behaviors are fucking terrible. And <laughs> he's, I mean, he's displaying so many bad things. And I know, because I've known you for so long, I know this is Miley's people-pleasing side. Yes. This is Miley's, like, codependent yes. side. I want everyone to be happy. Yes. I want to make sure that everyone's happiness is above mine. I'm going to yes. wait until I can explore all of the possibilities. Yes. I'm going to give you 3,000 options in order to make sure we do the thing that you want to do. Yes. So I know your intentions are in this like incredibly kind place, even though you're like killing yourself yeah. to do it. And, you know, not in this particular, not in a hike or a hotel. Like who fucking cares? It's so not. <laughs> if he cared about it that much, he should have made the call. Right. And now years later, I realize like next time yeah. someone behaves like that, 
just like the whole driving situation. If this matters so much to you, you make the call. Like I can be, I was not very assertive at that time, but now the great thing about that experience is now I know how to be more assertive. Right. So the Gottman's right. Like we've all been defensive. This is, you know, this is going to happen. You're going to feel like you're on the defense at some point. I, I, I wish I had more examples for you all on my part, but when we feel accused or unjustly accused we fish for excuses we play the victim we try to get people Mm -hmm. to back off of us we you know we come up with all these reasons why they need to give us a fucking break and this really isn't great so what the Gottmans have suggested for an antidote to this is to accept responsibility even if you just have part of the responsibility so it's like you didn't look up a you can't make a decision on a hike you can't pick us a hotel what in the world like and then also he was a a lot of like the criticism with always and the never and like you can never make a decision you always do this like that kind of thing like there's a lot of ugly shit wrapped up in this but i mean you could be like i'm sorry like i did you know i communicated that i was without internet i couldn't get a signal to find anything i will say that period like an example of what not to do is because I was exhibiting a defensive mannerism that I did say, I'm sorry, but I said it with an attitude. And so that's not how you, <laughs> that's not how you, um, that's not the antidote either. Uh, but <laughs> because and I got, yeah, in the moment I was like, like during that hike, I got so defensive that I was like, well, I'm sorry that I was just trying to take your opinion into account. Like I got really defensive mm-hmm. later on in the day after we all cooled off. I did like come up to him and I I did apologize, but that got met with uh, some stonewalling too. But I I think like I try to, even though in the moment I was not, I was like very sarcastic with my, I'm sorry, don't do that. Do the other, I'm sorry that I did later in the day when I did come up to him and say, I'm really, really sorry. How do I make this right? First of all, it wasn't your thing to apologize But still like, but but, you know, like I said, take responsibility. I'm sorry. I, I know the conversation we had during the hike was not the best. The way I responded to you being a complete yeah. dick was also wrong. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, I'm sorry. How, how, can we start over? Can we have this conversation again? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, basically the, their whole thing is own your mistakes. Yes. Like if something happens in, so the example that the Gottmans put on their website, like was, did you call our friends so-and-so to let mm. them know we're not going to make it tonight? As you mentioned, you would this morning. Hmm. The defensive response is, oh, my gosh, I was so busy today. You know just how busy I am. Why didn't you do it? Like that kind yeah. of thing. Instead of something like that going, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I completely dropped the ball. I'm going to text them right now and let them know I dropped the ball. Yes. My bad. Thank you for reminding me. Period. Yeah. I like it. Great antidote, actually. I mean, we're, we're I think, all going to make mistakes. Yeah. And like I said, I think of the four horsemen, this is probably going to be the easiest in my mind to recover from or to uh, identify if you are being defensive and so it is I think the easiest to kind of say okay let's take a step back you know what my bad even being so sorry yeah at the beginning of the day if you know you have a busy day your partner has Mm -hmm. asked you to do something that you immediately have a tiny little panic attack about Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like I've been there. I'm like, uh, ooh, when am I going to fix that? And I'm yeah. in my brain. I check out. My eyes go in a different direction. And I'm like visualizing my calendar for the day going, where am Uh-oh. I going to add that yeah. task? Mm-hmm. And then if you know this is going to be a struggle, communicate that. Yes. If there's something that you know you're going to have a hard time doing for the other party, yeah. your partner, just let them know. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm 
I'm not sure I can get that done today. And this goes back to you really do have to have a relationship. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that. I was like, it goes back to what we were talking about last week about you, ha- you know, you're building trust. You have to have a some level of vulnerability because mm-hmm. you are putting yourself in a vulnerable spot when you're admitting mm-hmm. that, you know what, maybe I overbooked myself. Maybe I didn't have the time that I thought I would. I'm overcommitting. I need help. Like mm-hmm. there's a vulnerability to that and a trust that, yep, I'm falling short. I need help. And, and that, you can trust the other person to not make you feel worse than you probably already do. Yes. So, uh, but yes, uh, back to the four horsemen. I think defense is the, the one that we are all human. We will get challenged to feel this way when we've been quote attacked in some manner. Mm-hmm. So recognizing it. And if you do get into the defense, own up to it or catch yourself before you blurt out some kind of sentence that that can damage the relationship yeah basically am i making an excuse Mm, for why i mm -hmm, failed mm -hmm. on this thing i was supposed to do yeah or am i just owning it and you know being apologetic for whatever part i had in it because again you may not own the entire situation like it could be partly you partly me like that one that you described he also was in the wrong yet i'm sure with his personality never accepted any wrongdoing no actually unfortunately right i can think of times with my ex where i apologized for lots of my bad behavior like his acts his misbehaviors bad behaviors (laughs) caused me i don't want to say caused me but they instigated me Mm -hmm. to do things that i didn't like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i would immediate like i mean seriously like immediately tell him i was like you know I, i just did this like, or I did that. I, I told you this, this is what was up. This is causing me to do that. I don't like that. I'm behaving this way. You know, actually you saying that triggers my very last relationship when he told me he didn't want to be with me. And I immediately like fired back very angry words to him and very like, I, I, I will say that I was very defensive. This is butthead it is butthead yes <laughs> you're right yes it's okay so introduce uh introducing butthead he had decided that he wanted to go back to the other person he was with before him and i were together mm-hmm. and i immediately got angry and i fired a lot of words at him and very like lots of words lots of sentences and i caught myself after like the the third paragraph oh, <laughs> after the third paragraph i caught myself and I immediately was like you know what? I'm really, really sorry for all of the mean stuff that I just said. Obviously, you can tell that I'm not receiving this very well and I'm not in a healthy state of mind right now to have a conversation with you. I apologize. I'm going to exit this conversation at this moment. And and then I blocked him. <laughs> but that's, I, that's so healthy to do. Part of me is mad. First like all, someone has just told you they don't want to be with you. Bye. Yes. But like, the do, way I fired three paragraphs to him with angry bad. words, yes. And that's why I and say... I, I'm sorry. I don't want to pass judgment on you. <laughs> no, but that, that's I mean... Bad. But I, that's not the ideal yeah. No, it's not. But I want to share with people that like you and I are human. We, yes. we Even though we're talking about stuff like, yes, defense, like we're talking about all this stuff, it doesn't mean that we're great at it either. I am the first to say like, I was very defensive and I immediately, within a few minutes, I was like, okay, so sorry. Recognize that I did not, I was not nice. I said some mean stuff. I obviously need to take a break from this like conversation altogether. So I'm going to apologize sincerely and I'm going to exit the whole picture. That's great. And then I'm blocked, like I blocked him. That's so that I don't, shit. yeah, I was like, I, 
I'm not going to continue talking because I don't want to keep saying mean things. Exiting. Done. Yeah. And don't talk to me anymore. Because <laughs> you make yeah. me mad. Yeah. I mean, you're activating me, bro. And you just mm-hmm. told me you don't want me. So, so, yeah. What the fuck is the point of this? Right. Peace out. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. box of stuff is on the curb. <laughs> yeah. But exa- just giving example of me in an unhealthy state ex- exhibiting defensive behavior. Yes. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Introducing Butthead to the conversation. Yeah. Butthead enters the chat. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, last and fourth. Stonewalling. Stonewalling. Oh, my goodness gracious. I've been guilty of this in the past. Mostly mostly when flooded. So mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. me personally, when, when I am overwhelmed by a situation, an interaction. Like I can recall relationships where I'm just so unhappy about things or I don't like things are piling up I'm start like Mm. things are piling up and becoming repeat incidents and it's not comfortable it makes me feel unsafe it is scaring me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in ways and I'm just like it's activating me and this obviously these relationships are a long time ago before I started to understand my early traumas triggers experiences family systems etc I didn't have a response for it so I just yeah had like I had to shut down because it was so overwhelming that I I physically couldn't respond like the inside of my body would be overwhelmed with emotion you're almost freezing like I go back to those words you're almost freezing and I freeze so much and without the intention of like stonewalling on purpose i think with stonewalling i feel like that person is actually intentionally giving you for me it's intentionally giving you the silent treatment i've done that before yeah okay (laughs) uh i've experienced a lot from my mom Mm -hmm. my mom gave me the silent treatment a lot and she would stonewall a lot when i was younger and so fast forward to my relationship with beavis this is how you learn to respond exactly so he no actually he it triggered me a lot because he stonewalled me a lot. Oh. Anytime he was upset about something, he would just stop talking to me. He would ghost okay. me. He would not respond to my text messages for days. Yes, I remember. And that. so then it would cause me to get overly anxious, over uh, like overcompensate. And then I'd be like, OK, like how, what's going on? What's wrong? And start overthinking a lot of things thinking that I was doing something wrong because that's my mom stonewalled me or gave me the silent treatment whenever I, she thought that I was doing something wrong or I did something that she did not approve of. So he just reactivated a lot of, of that. You probably sought that out in him because we will continually Mm -hmm. seek out the things that we have left unhealed. Yeah. So seeking that out makes sense because you're, the weird sh- I don't yeah, know exactly. how our brains and bodies you. know this yeah. stuff but you will seek these people out your your mind your body wants to heal those things and so you'll seek people out in order to re like poke at them again and see if we can fix it yeah now I exhibited stonewalling with my relationship with butthead okay because I was wondering if you did it with the pre-beavis and butthead the really long-term guy no, actually, I, I didn't really um, okay. with 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 uh, the the 10 year relationship. I probably exhibited a lot of defense. OK, there a lot of defense. Every time he had a problem with me, I would be the one that would yell and like try to defend myself a lot because I felt like I was being attacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with Beavis, I oh well, with Beavis, I exhibited a lot of defense as well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then with butthead, <laughs> with butthead, I actually exhibited stonewalling towards the end of our relationship because I knew he was secretly kind of like seeing his ex mm. and I would get not really so secret. Not, not so secret. Not and, and when he would come back to me and try to get like talk to me in or pants. hang out. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. When he would try to get back in my pants, yeah. um, I would, and I would just like, I didn't know what to do. So, and I didn't want things to end and I didn't know how to end things or I didn't know how to, I didn't know what I deserved, right? I didn't know what I was worth because I was like, okay, is it me who decides? Am I like, am I trying to get him to decide between me and his ex? Am I like, I was so confused. And so I would go a couple days without reaching back to him because he would go a couple days. I knew that whenever he went two or three days without talking to me, it was because he was with her. You knew where he was. Yeah. Yeah. So So stonewalling, the Gottman say that stonewalling occurs basically when the listener withdraws from the interaction shuts down, stops responding to the partner. A lot of times this is in response to contempt. Mm -hmm. Um, You feel you're being held in contempt about certain Mm. things. Maybe that probably not the issue you were just, or the instance you just described. But but it's a good example. Yes. Rather than confronting the issues, you stonewall and make evasive maneuvers, tune out, turn away. So that's what I did. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't. Engage in other behaviors. I, I withdrew because I knew the conflict was, Either he needs to decide between me or him or I need to decide between him and walking away. Mm-hmm. And I didn't wa- I didn't know how to and I didn't want to confront that conflict. So I would stonewall. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember um, when I was married. Oh, being child bride. Yes. Being a little baby, 20 something and not knowing like knowing I was upset in the situation. I mean, I was quite miserable for most of that marriage. And I can remember not being happy with something like I can't tell you what it is now. It was half my life ago. So like, but I can remember being unhappy in this, in some sort of a little tiff. I didn't want to talk to him. I mean, I just didn't really care for him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just, I wasn't in love with him anymore. I didn't want to be there. Most of my anger was actually at myself for being in the situation yeah. and letting him stop me from leaving That's understandable. sooner. Yeah. And I, I know that now, but at the time I just mm-hmm. was done. And I just would, I remember one morning, the story came up recently, but I was not really talking to him. And one morning he got up and tried to speak to me before we were going to work. And I probably just muttered a one word response, but it pissed him off. Mm. Like, and I wasn't trying to get any response. I just didn't really want to talk to him. Like whatever yeah, I was yeah. mad about, whatever I was upset about, whatever was going on with me, I wasn't over it yet. I didn't have the tools to figure it mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. And I muttered some sort of little response or a nod or a shrug or a noise. Who knows? But he was pissed. He hurled a coffee cup towards <gasps> me, like past oh me. Oh. And it smashed against the wall in the kitchen and just, I mean, it was full of coffee too. <gasps> so, or half oh. full. So shit just went everywhere. And I remember watching it sail past me and it smashed everywhere. And I just turned back to him and I went, you're cleaning that up. And I just turned and walked out of the room. Wow. So like very avoidant, not Mm. addressing issues. Like I was 
very done. Um, a lot of times, again, this is something that happens if you let lots of little behaviors go and go and go and go yeah. and go. And it, it, it becomes a bad habit. So everything. So it takes time for the negativity created by these first three horsemen usually mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to build and become this overwhelming to where stonewalling becomes an understandable quote out. But it can become a bad habit. It can. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to stop if you're at this point. It's a result of feeling physiologically flooded. When we stonewall, you know, we're not we may not even be in a, a state where we can discuss things rationally. Like you may be so overwhelmed. You that- can almost argue that it's you protecting yourself almost. to some degree, almost yeah. because like you're shutting down because you can't yeah. interact. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. If, if you feel like stonewalling, like if you feel like you're, you want to give someone the silent treatment or if you're feeling like you want, you're approaching this, like it's good time to take a break. Yes. This is their antidote mm-hmm. is to take a break, step away from the situation, calm down, say, you know, I'd like to revisit this, but I need to step away. I was just going to say that it's not listed in their article about like communicating with your partner about how you need to take a break. Mm-hmm. So I would say exactly what you just said is, yes, the antidote is to take a break, but communicate with your partner, because I think that's the difference between stonewalling and not stonewalling is mm-hmm. stonewalling is where you intentionally take a break or you ignore the person or you give them the silent treatment or you just shut down without even communicating with your person about what's happening. What's happening inside of you. Yes. 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 Because then what happens is if your partner knows that something's going on and you need a break, it doesn't damage the relationship as much as if you just took a break and didn't even communicate because now you've left them hanging. And I think we all have abandonment issues. Yes, I'm throwing we do. this in there right now. <laughs> yes, that's a great, I, great addition. You and I come from places of abandonment mm-hmm. issues. We have had abandonments, whether they were intentional, mm-hmm. unintentional. I mean, we all experience abandonment at some point. Yeah. You know, for women, a lot of the time it's, you know, a parent. And most of us, it's a parent. A parent has abandoned us either physically or emotionally. Yes. Once, twice, repeatedly. And... If you have an abandonment issue, it's really important that your partner has the capability and you possess this too in order to not inflict that on some, uh, inflict, is that the right? No, Mm -mm. inflict. Inflict, okay. In order to not inflict that on the other person, you have to be able to say, I need a break. I want to come back to this. I'm going to take a break. And then, you know, once I've gathered my thoughts and let my, you know, emotional state regulate like once I've regulated myself I'd like to revisit this so that's that's a great way not to abandon your partner in the middle of a disagreement I love that strategy and the verbiage that you're providing to our listeners I think is golden like it's great these are the types of tools that I wish old Miley from years ago I mean I'm still a work in progress but these are things that like five years ago I didn't know any of this and this is just that's forgiveness right like I've forgiven myself for a I want to say a lot, if not all, like when things come up for me, I, I'm really quick now to go, you know, she just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know what I didn't know. I did that recently with the last relationship. I was like, I didn't know. Cause it was so easy to feel shame yeah. for the little things that mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't have a grasp on what was happening like as a collective, as a whole. I just saw these weird little things and I, I, wasn't able to put them all together I didn't get it and I had to forgive myself for just not knowing what I didn't know and I was dealing with things as best as I could and thought I was addressing things like 
I didn't know what I was dealing. I was dealing with somebody who was not. Yeah. Not even. Yeah. But even in old relationships where it's like, you know, I just didn't. I said it earlier in this conversation. Like I didn't have the tools. No. To know what was happening inside of me. I didn't know. I didn't recognize what was going on. I didn't understand my family systems and patterns and traumas and abandonment issues, attachment styles. I had none of that language prior to 2015. Or the ability to, like for me, like I said, like language is so important, like just to label and define like what is it that I'm experiencing? Because once you can identify and name something, it's kind of like naming an emotion, right? Like once you can name the experience, you can then start to look for the tools and the resources that will help you overcome those. Or in this case, like the antidotes for whatever it is that you're experiencing. So yes, I I totally agree. Like labeling them, understanding them, having the language, having just having more tools. And then really when these things come up, forgive yourself for the former versions of you and give yourself some grace and just say, you know, she didn't know. She was doing the best she could. I find forgiveness to be very freeing. I think I've forgiven most people for most things. Like I forgive my parents for the things that happened throughout my childhood saying to myself and knowing that they did the best they could. Yeah. They did what was their example. Exactly. And the ways they learned to survive their childhoods in their early years. Yes. And you make a really great point because when it comes to my mother, I've actually forgiven her probably for a lot, if not everything, because that that is just she's she's exhibiting what she knows to the best of her abilities. Now that I know a lot more, she still does stonewall me or she still does get defensive or very, very, very critical. I know that when she acts that way, I can also manage how I react better than I did when I was younger. I now have tools to soothe myself. I now have tools to know who I am and that when she criticizes me, it's not always fact like to be able to determine like, okay, that's her perception of me. That doesn't mean that that is really the truth. But I'm I'm a lot better at acknowledging or recognizing when that happens and being able to control how it affects me. Mm-hmm. I, I may not be able to change her, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. But I have, I have now the skills as an adult as opposed to when I was a child. When you talk about forgiveness, not just for the other person, but for yourself as well, I really appreciate that you say that because all of this does rely on a lot of giving yourself and giving other people grace you have to i mean you can't hold things against people forever the contempt Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh yes 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 if you're gonna hold little things against people it just it eats you inside what's that saying about resentment it's like uh, drinking poison yeah like drinking a poison that was meant for the other person something like that like you're drinking the poison and expecting the other person to die it's a Buddhist quote, actually. Is it? Mm-hmm. Resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Grudges do no good whatsoever and they benefit no one, neither in our business or personal lives. Yeah. I mean, with those little criticisms from your mom, it's like, I understand that is your perspective. Mm-hmm. We disagree on this topic. Yes. Thank you for wanting the best for me. Yeah. I disagree. I disagree. And, and I then, disagree yeah. in the way that I'm going to get there. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. Mm-hmm serenity and, prayer yeah. comes oh to mind. yeah mm-hmm. I, Love it. in all my time in Al-Anon and group meetings and <laughs> serenity prayer was a huge one I mean it's how we ended every meeting I can't tell you how many times a day we said God grant me the serenity to accept yes. the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference 
the the last part is really important like knowing the difference again factual versus opinion you know like is it a personal truth is it maybe that's my mom's truth but is that really factual truth like Mm -hmm. um no one's gonna want me because i'm 36 it's her you know it's her truth it's not a fact there there there's got to be somebody out there that wants me even though i'm 36 and can't cook (laughs) and can't cook what a mess (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man what a mess. <laughs> but see like w- even even earlier this year or especially after i have uh released a relationship i like how you use that word instead of like a breakup or being dumped releasing a relationship you had said that phrase earlier like mm-hmm. especially after a really a relationship has been released like my confidence level is going to be low. And so when she says things like that to me, I might be more affected by that negatively. But when I'm in a healthy space and she says that to me, I just laugh it off. And that's how I can manage her criticism. Mm -hmm. Knowing the difference between personal truth and factual truth is important. Yes, I agree. Knowing what we need to work on individually (laughs) and collectively in the relationships we walk through this life, like the relationships with our parents, yeah. the relationships with our siblings, the relationships with friends, coworkers, romantic partners, bring these things up. I mean, this makes me feel this way. You, ha- it takes a lot to get there, though, and oh, I does. understand. And time. That. I'm yeah. It takes time. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of discovery. Mm-hmm. We're not born with this language. No. And my hope is that. If you are on this journey and you're with us, like you're listening to us, you're out there and you're trying and this gives you, you know, it might not all be new to you, but you might hear it again and think that was a really cool way to hear it. I really appreciated that. Or I saw myself in that story. Holy shit. (laughs) Like I've done that. I've been there. Wow. Yeah. That's really my hope is just that it's, it's good reminders. It's, um, Brings you a little peace mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm. old versions of you. Yes. Inspires you for the future versions of you. I love that. So go get it. Get it. Get it. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for all you shared. Me? Yeah. Ah, yes, yes. I, I tried to bring more stories this time. <laughs> that was <laughs> in response to some feedback. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Uh, and I appreciate feedback. So listeners, please, please join the conversation. Yeah. Let us know Send us anything DMs. and everything. Yeah. Send us DMs. We'll, Mandy will handle that. I handle the DMs. <laughs> Feel free to comment on the Instagram, whatever you want to do. Um, I, obviously, I don't share people's names on here who are checking in with us. But if you comment on Instagram or tag us, I'll reshare you 100%. But yeah, let us know your thoughts. We love to hear from you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Miley. Love you. Love you too. And as a final note, if you would be so kind to give us a rating and review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it is truly helpful to our little show. And if you found this episode helpful to you, please share it on social media or with a loved one. You can find and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Woman Get In. And you can find me, Miley, at Dr. Smiley Miley. And I, Mandy, am at MandyPants15 on Instagram. Thanks so much, friends. We'll see you next week.